0: You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickorak, episode 37. Hello, teacher brain. How are you? We are leading up to Halloween around here. And while we don't know what exactly that might look like this year with COVID in the mix, excitement at our house is abound <laughs> we have a full-blown obsession with My Little Pony's Shayna Krug and so Twilight Sparkle is the costume of choice this year and I will tell you it has been a struggle finding that costume like one that's not a tutu version but like an actual pony why do they do that I don't know but I finally found a jogging suit in the correct purple with nothing on it and some yarn for the tail and mane so we are back in business and Halloween is saved. <laughs> So, what about you are you dressing up for halloween what is your costume do you do family costumes staff costumes there's some pretty neat ideas out there and if you don't celebrate halloween i'm sure you've seen around and can still appreciate the creativity and effort that some people are putting into their costumes and decorations Around here, there are lots of houses with a range of cute to spooky things out, like blow-up cats, werewolves, funny-faced jack-o'-lanterns, skeletons, and ghosts, all manners of spook around. So if you're going out for Halloween, please be safe, have fun, and take some time to look around and enjoy and appreciate the scenery. It's pretty remarkable. And the music and sound effects that totally add to the ambiance. Speaking of sound effects, last week we talked about mesophonia, which is a neurological disorder triggering an intense stress response, a fight-or-flight response to certain everyday sounds, often quiet sounds, sounds that are innocuous to most people, like chewing or breathing or swallowing or tapping, t- the tapping of nails, um, etc., to the point where sufferers of misophonia or mesophonics cannot even join their families at the dinner table on Christmas Eve and spend the evening alone in their room. Or they have to sit in the car while their family enjoys a special meal at a restaurant because the chewing noise just overtakes them. Or they miss out on dates and events for fear of encountering the trigger sound and losing complete control of their rage. And I shared a video called Breaking the Sound Barrier, which is made by teens, about teens, and their experience living with misophonia. The young brains in that video share some of the stories about their struggles growing up with misophonia and their experience trying to communicate it to others or their reluctance to for fear of being outcast or ridiculed many of whom were And if you hadn't had haven't had the chance yet to watch it, then I would definitely recommend it. It certainly gives insight into how this condition affects the lives of people who have it and the people around them, and is a poignant reminder that you you just never know what people are going through, much of which we can never fully understand. And so to be patient and compassionate and kind with others, even when or especially when their behavior does not seem to make any sense to us. And Like we're surrounded by sounds, like of all kinds, all day long. And imagine if one of the most common sounds you hear sends you into an uncontrollable fit of rage every time you hear it. And on top of that, no one else around you seems bothered by it or worse, they make you feel like something's wrong with you because it affects you so much. So, anyway, that was last week, episode thirty-six. So, if you haven't listened to it or watched the videos, I uh, watched the video. Um, I'd recommend going back and doing that after this. But this week, I wanted to share with you kind of the the flip side of that of misophonia and talk about its sort of um, opposite, the opposite sound response phenomenon called autonomous sensory meridian response. So unlike misophonia, autonomous sensory meridian response is more common. And even if you've never heard of ASMR before, you have likely possibly experienced it, maybe many times. So have you ever felt like a tingling in your scalp after hearing a certain sound? Maybe the gentle tapping or dragging of long fingernails on different bumpy or rough surfaces, um, the clicking of a tongue or fingers or crackles or fizzes of like the candy, those pop rocks that you put in your mouth, or when you pick up dry rice and drop it, or like the rustling of leaves or fabric or whispering, etc. So ASMR call, is also called um, brain tingles or brain orgasm, is felt as deep relaxation and pleasant head tingling that is often stimulated by gentle sounds such as the ones I mentioned. And, or also like light touch or personal attention from someone with a caring disposition, according to research, that, that can be, um, like direct personal attention or recorded. So role plays of individuals and in situations where there is uh, caregiving, like a, a spa or salon, like hair brushing is very effective, um, doctor role plays, etc., are very common um, triggers of ASMR for people who are ASMR sensitive. And I remember my ex-boyfriend would tell me that he got the head tingles whenever he watched someone doing like fine detailed art like watching someone sketch in super detail or like Bob Ross painting videos. He would get totally zoned into it. And personally, I experience ASMR as a tingling that starts in my scalp and moves through to the top of my thighs and forearms primarily. And it's kind of like goosebumps, but it's definitely slightly different. And for me, the feeling comes when I witness an act of kindness or a deep connection or people doing something when you can tell that it's like they're, they're super passionate and skilled at it. Again, kind of like that fine detail work or people coming together in joy, like those flash mob videos, especially when there's orchestral music or like long violin chords, which may be a more familiar sensation to you, like goosebumps from music. So that's another phenomenon called musical frisson. And there is research about the connection between the two, and they definitely share some commonalities. But um, ASMR is slightly different. And there are only a handful of studies on it because it is relatively new. Uh, It it was identified in the term ASMR was just coined in 2010. And the first peer-reviewed study on it was conducted in 2015. Anyway, I've attached one of the videos that gets me every time in the show notes. So you can check it out and see if it does the same for you too. There are also numerous channels and videos on YouTube dedicated to ASMR and inducing the sensation. And many of these videos depict role play situations in which the the viewer, so you are placed in a position of close proximity to the video host in order to be cared for in some manner. So often this involves grooming or makeovers or, or being given some type of medical examination or videos um, include acts. So some of them are like directly to the viewer and other videos include these acts which require a similar amount of focus, but it's directed toward an object rather than the viewer. Actually the daughter of a good friend of mine hosts one of these channels, um, her name's Ocean. And she is very talented and creative, uh, including caregiving role plays and different characters in her videos. And she also donates some of the money that her channel generates to various organizations dedicated to helping the planet, a girl after my own heart, and marginalized peoples and other causes that she's really passionate about. And her channel has over 260,000 subscribers. So like this is a big thing. Her channel is called Ocean's ASMR, and I've linked it as well in the show notes for you if you want to take a look. So what's happening neurologically and physiologically speaking with ASMR, and why do people watch or listen to these videos so much? What do we get out of it, aside from a brain orgasm? (laughs) Most people use ASMR to help them fall asleep and or to relieve stress. And even though it's referred to as a brain orgasm, there are very few people, like only around 5%, according to the 2015 study conducted at Swansea University in the UK, who use ASMR for sexual stimulation. Now, if you're someone whose anxiety or stress causes significant issues in your daily functioning, notice how you feel after visiting the spa or hairdresser. Are you significantly more relaxed? Now that may be linked to ASMR and an indication that watching some videos may be an effective way to help you chill out. Now, while the effects of ASMR are immediate, the response is usually short lived and temporary. So those with deeper depression, for example, they spike the highest during ASMR in terms of mood and relaxation, but the effects faded the fastest afterward. However, you could play around with it. You can watch it more regular on a more regular basis and see if you can carry that relaxed feeling throughout the day. But for a more permanent solution though, check out my episodes on RMM tapping. So episodes 22 and 27 or contact me for some direct coaching with tapping. Um, and also actually my mentor, Sarah Longoria is running her free five day um, RMM course starting on Monday October 26th 2020. Um she runs it at the end of every month, so this one starts on Monday and I will put the link for that registration in the show notes as well. If you haven't gone to that yet, I highly recommend it. I just taught tapping to um part of a school a- a team of um, teachers and admin, and um, they've already started implementing with their students and are already seeing results. But anyway, you can also give ASMR a go and see if you're ASMR sensitive and what kinds of effects you experience. As long as you don't have misophonia, the worst that can happen is that it does nothing for you. And But even if you don't experience the tingling sensation, ASMR can still generate a feeling of deep relaxation and stress relief. And some people even report that it it helped reduce their chronic pain. Now, in terms of the brain, if you've been listening to this podcast all along, you're becoming familiar with the various neurochemicals and neurotransmitters and how they function and play off each other and what fires when. Um, And you may have made some connections or predictions about what's going on. Brain wise, with ASMR already. So, if you are an avid listener, much of what is happening with ASMR will likely make sense to you, knowing what you know from previous episodes. So, for example, similarly to celebration, which we talked about in episode one, you may have predicted that with ASMR, the areas of reward, motivation, emotion, and arousal are activated. The neural hormones widely reported to be responsible for Most affiliate behaviors include dopamine, oxytocin, and endorphins. Sound familiar? (laughs) These neurohormones are known for inducing feelings of comfort, relaxation, and sleepiness, the feelings reported with ASMR. And according to a 2018 study conducted by the researchers from Dartmouth College in the States and published in the BioImpact Journal that examined those experiencing ASMR under an fMRI machine, there is significant brain activation in the medial prefrontal cortex. So not surprisingly, perhaps, is that this region is associated with self-awareness, social cognition, and social behaviors, including grooming. So that even though you are only watching videos of people being groomed, your brain reacts the same as if you were experiencing the grooming for yourself. So in addition, the study found that the network of the dorsal anterior cingulate cortex, the supplementary motor areas, and the insula, which are all involved in empathy, are activated during ASMR, which provides support for the association of ASMR with social cognition and caring feelings toward others. In fact, in 20, in a 2017 study, the researchers found that ASMR sensitive individuals scored higher for empathetic concern than individuals who do not experience ASMR. The association of ASMR and increased empathy may suggest that ASMR could also be associated with personality traits and mental health. So two... Um, prior studies utilized the big five inventory to assess um, five personality traits in ASMR responders and non-ASMR responders. And both studies showed that ASMR responders had significantly higher scores for the trait of openness to experience than non-ASMR responders. Like this is so interesting. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, but you're beginning to see how your brain is more complex than the universe. Are you beginning to really internalize the fact that we truly have no idea what people are going through on the inside? It is not just a cute meme or Instagram post. This is real, deep, complex stuff. There is so much going on between our ears. We need to give ourselves grace, compassion, and curiosity instead of judgment, guilt, and shame, and extend that courtesy to others as well. Okay, I'm off my soapbox for now. (laughs) Where was I? Oh yeah, the brain. Okay. Significant brain activation during brain tingles was observed in the regions which are being virtually touched by the actor of the video, meaning that even though the participants are not being physically touched by the host of the video, their brains reacted as if they were. Now I know I've said this before, your brain does not know the difference between what is happening in your physical 3D reality and that which you show it vividly in your mind's eye. And I've also reminded you repeatedly, and will do so again, that your brain's job is to keep you safe by keeping you in the familiar. And as a learned valuable survival mechanism, it is constantly seeking connection to the group because that was safe and avoiding rejection and isolation from it because that was not safe. So the benefits of healthy relationships and affiliate behavior have been well documented and specifically attributed to the neurochemicals released during interpersonal bonding. So, oxytocin, for example. These positive social interactions occur during infancy, youth, adulthood, and elderhood, and have been shown to increase oxytocin, decrease stress hormone, and decrease anxiety-like responses and behaviors. ASMR can be activate. ASMR may be activating. Um, the brain regions, and releasing neurochemicals normally associated with affiliative behaviors. And this may help to explain why ASMR is reported to help individuals to relax and deal with stress and decrease their anxiety and fall asleep more easily. And this is perhaps the defining difference between ASMR and things like musical frisson and other pleasure-inducing responses like goosebumps, which is another fascinating phenomenon, rabbit hole that I ventured down in researching for this episode. And I also came across some super cool stuff about auditory illusions, and actually, Last week's episode came out of my research for this week's episode, and now I seem to have stumbled into like a mini-series of sorts around auditory-related topics. So perhaps next week I'll bring you some sound magic. Hmm. I'm just continually blown away by the boundless intricacies of our brain and the discoveries that are being made about it all the time and the implications that our understanding about our brains and minds has on ourselves, like our lives, our teaching, and the little brains in our lives. So that's what I've got for you this week. If you're interested in checking out some ASMR inducing sounds and videos to see if you are ASMR sensitive, check out Ocean's ASMR channel linked in the show notes, or do a YouTube search. Or perhaps you want to play it for your students and see who amongst them are ASMR sensitive. Of course, screen them first before you play anything for your class or share anything. Um, But I would love to hear about your experience. So you can tag me on the socials, either by name, Sarah Nicaruk, or at Teaching Little Brains. And if you have a second, I'd super appreciate your leaving a quick review of the podcast. And thank you again so much as every week for joining me today. I'm super appreciated, appreciative of your listenership, and I hope you have a wonderful week. You have been